0: Yo. Yo, what up, dawg? My man, Brown What up, dawg, Tom? We back in the building Damn Back God. in the building What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Keep It the Note podcast Yeah I'm Tom, that's Brown as always, man We ready to ah, Let's just get ready to, let's it. Keep let's keep get it, ready to it Let's keep it a C Note This
1: it. is the episode Where this guy <laughs> names 10 people That's <laughs> better than that. 10 uh, people Let's hear it 10 And he said Nas is like number 12 <laughs> So let's hear
0: the 10 That he's splitting over 9 Alright Before I lay out my list I gotta give y'all my criteria Okay My top 10 is based on Longevity Hits Impact Lyricism And features You doing know what I'm saying So you got for, for you to be top 10 on my list You had to have Excelled in those areas Okay So Cat's been getting at me, so finally, y'all going to hear it. Here comes my top ten. Let's go. Number ten, Buster Rhymes. You got this. buster Busta, been in the game for so long. You got to be. <laughs> Busta's features are there. Busta, he gives you lyrics. He, he got different styles. He changes up his styles on you. And Busta been delivering hits for 20 years or more. So that's why he's number ten on my list. Buster, Buster better than Buster on um, Buster number ten on my list. Number nine. Some cats gonna say it's a little low for him, but he ain't had a body of work that I feel like everybody else had, but he did have a great impact on the game. Notorious B.I.G. is number nine on my list. You Yeah. listen, he's only had two albums. Now those albums were fire. Ready to die, amazing. All right. Life After Death is one of the greatest double albums you'll ever find out there, but his catalog stops there. So I can't bolt bolt you up to the top number one and all that because you like you know your life got cut short too soon. But, that
1: catalog though, right there, oh, just so
0: just you could count the double albums just
1: you could say that's three albums. And that, that catalog alone, sheesh, number nine. You I, gotta I have,
0: <laughs> you better have some heavy hitters. Number eight. Snoop Doggy Dog, man. Snoop is an OG. Snoop has reinvented himself. Snoop has an impact on the game that you're still seeing today that he, he had from the beginning where people changed their flows, their styles. They wanted that, that West Coast gangster feel in their songs. So that's why Snoop is number eight for me. Number seven, a favorite of a lot of people, He's been in the game since he was 16 years old, changing up his flow, changed up. He takes chances. This is another thing for me. You got to take chances. You can't give me the same product every time. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne has only put out maybe one or two projects that I would say was eh or below. You know what I'm saying? But he still tried different things with that, with the Prime queen and all that kind of stuff. That was a wild album. I liked it, but it didn't get the pub that everybody thought it would get. I think Wayne changes up his styles enough to keep himself in the game, keep himself relevant, and he does good features, good albums, so he's number seven. Number six. This one right here is very controversial. People love him or hate him, you know, that's that's the line with him. Number six for me is Eminem. Exactly, see, exactly. Eminem can flow, can spit, can freestyle, can battle, can come at you. Can give you an RB and ballad. A, a, a silly track. He can give you a, a redor, regular radio play. He can give you songs that you could never play on the radio. And he's been doing it for like 20 years. And his features are good. Can you ride around listening to Eminem I think you can blast Eminem. Well, I am blast I'm not riding around talking about <laughs> playing those song. Talking about heavens. <laughs> <laughs> so number five. Number five is... is one of the pioneers of hip-hop, Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane could give you a party hit. He could give you a a freestyle. He gave you one of the nastiest songs in Raw. Raw is just disgusted. You could play Raw in a whip, at a barbecue, at a party, at a club, anywhere. Raw was it. And he was very, very influential with his style. I feel like he was one, him and another guy got on my list really took the streets and the party and made them into one stop. So that's why he's number five. Number four, KRS-One. My man, he does it all, man. He literally does it all and he keeps it absolutely 100% honest. Like, he's going to give you the real of what's going on in the world, in the hood, in life, and he's going to make it into a banger. So that's why I say KRS-One is number four. Number three, my man from the west side, Tupac Shakur. Mm -hmm. Tupac's catalog is, is, he just keeps coming with stuff. He may drop an album the next week. I don't know. That's a fact. But my man's been dropping albums and they've been hits. So that means in his time, he was putting in work in in the studio. And Tupac can give you a song for your mama. He can give you a song for the homies. He can get you that party joint. He can shout out his place, West Side, the West Side with California Love. He can come right at your whole family We'll hit him up. You right. know what I'm saying? So right. Tupac had reach that is almost unmatched. He could just flip it up and he kept giving us something different. Plus, he actually played a character on one of his albums in, the, in Machiavelli, which was a sick album. You know what I'm saying? So right. Right. I gotta give him that. Number two, Pove. Oh, Jay-Z is my number two rapper. 30-plus in the game. Consistent. He's retired. He's the, he, he was just like Michael Jordan. He retired and came back and gave it to you. And he keeps doing it. And everybody is trying to find the next Jay-Z. Dude has been able to last. And he's not, he's not flashy. There's nothing flashy about Jay-Z. He's just going to give you bars and hits. You know what I'm saying? He don't dance. He don't do none of that stuff. He just going to give you bars and hits. But he had him bouncing now. Oh, yeah, he going to make you bounce. But he ain't going to do none of that that wild stuff in the song. He going to give you the good stuff. And number one on my list, the God, Rakim Allah, the pioneer. I feel like hip-hop couldn't be what it is today without Rakim. Him and his DJ just got together, and they put down lyrics, party hits, bangers, all of that stuff. And a thing that's, that's crazy is he did all of that without cussing. Right. That's dope. That's crazy. The creativity you got to be able to have, with, especially with hip-hop head, where we used to hear it cuss words, to be able to bring all of that out with just bars and words and never using derogatory language, which, you know, I don't care. I don't mind. I like Right. It. But for, to do that, you got to be super creative. So that's why the guy like of Allah is number one on my list. So like there y'all got it. Dope, dope.
1: You know, I can't go wrong if you say Rakim. But, I mean, I do take exception to you saying Buster <laughs> i mean, um, like. All right, so let's hit like, to your top 10. Let's hit to your top 10. Uh, my top 10. Honorable mention, he probably wouldn't be 11, but he'd be, like. I don't think Wayne is better than Nas, but I do. Feel what you said. He got better. Um, he influenced a lot of the stuff you see right now the little whole biker skateboard dressing with the chain wallets and the dreads, the face tattoos. So he got everybody, all the young boys, uh, drinking lean. So he's definitely a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I got to put an asterisk next to his name because the thing is, to keep it a C note with you, we seen Lil Wayne come out. Mm. We seen the black is hot, ha ha, mm. and bling, bling. And the Wayne we see now is a Wayne that hung around a Philly guy for some time, and then he just... <laughs> you know, it's just something about them Philly guys, man. We... You see Wayne today, like that swag is, he hung around a Philly guy and everything changed. But shout out to Sam, Gilly. Shout out to Gilly. But number 10 on my list is the king of the South, the real king of the South, Scarface. Ooh. And I'm basing my 10 off lyrics, impact, and movement. Number 10, we don't mention Little Wayne or none of them. If Scarface and the Ghetto Boys don't kick the door right. A lot of people don't mention Scarface. He is a legend. He got songs with everybody from Big, the Tupac, the Nas, the Jay-Z, all the legends. He don't give you no trash verses or none of that. He give you that pain. He give you the raw street stuff. That's my number 10. Number nine. Controversial A lot of people do not mention this guy LL Cool
0: J Ooh, that's good That's a good pull.
1: You gotta put some respect on that man's name Like LL Cool J Give you the hits for the ladies He transitioned over to TV He can get on a track with any of the top dogs And go Mm -hmm. And go Rest in peace, DMX. The first time we that I heard DMX was on an LL Cool J song. Mm-hmm. I th- I don't know if it's because he started making all the songs for the females or not because he'd lick his lips a lot. Whatever it is, <laughs> a lot of people disrespect LL and you've got to put some respect on that man's name. He's my number nine. Number eight, just on the strength of the NWA catalog alone, Ice Q. Mm. He's my number eight of all time. He it, it, while he was with NWA, he pinned all the lyrics, Fuck the police, straight out of Compton. All the songs that when I first fell in love with hip-hop, he pinned them songs. For to me, that's my number eight. A lot of people don't mention Q. His Damn. first album, No Vaseline. Sick. No Vaseline. Sick. My man, you read my mind. And the first album, or the no, the first two solo albums is also crazy from Cube. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He also not only transitions into being an actor, but he owns his own stuff now. Like he got his own production company and everything. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Cube, we wouldn't know Smokey. We wouldn't know day day, you know what I mean, and this all came from him saying "fuck the police." So that's my number eight. Number seven, I'ma keep it the with you, and I know people are gonna be mad at me. Your man out of Marcy, Jay Z. Woo, that's low. Number seven <laughs> on my list, brilliant businessman. He gives you a lot of hits. I've, he's he's had hits over the years. Um, he's done a lot for hip hop. He's definitely done a lot for hip-hop, but I'm not judging it off of being a businessman. I'm judging it off of your bars, your music. The impact is crazy. My only thing with Jay-Z is, on maybe, on one hand, maybe two, I can think of creative songs that Jay-Z has done. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have much... He's not going to give you much creativity... With his songs. He's going to give you a banger. Well he's going to give you something nowadays. That's going to make you think. But he's not going to really give you nothing like. Damn that was a dope idea. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give you a Nas Rewind. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give you a Nas I Gave You Power. That's You're not going to get that from Jay Z. But you'll get some dope music. Some dope bars. And you'll get a hit. So I'm sorry people. He's my number 7. <laughs> number 6. A lot of people don't mention this guy, and if we're just going off of bars, he's probably my top three. Coogee Rap. Mm. Coogee Rap talks that talk. I've never heard a whack verse from Coogee Rap, no matter who he's been on the track with. You want to hear some street get-money-mafioso talk? You want to hear crazy stories, like vivid stories? Coogee Rap is my guy. Number three and on top, if we just talking... Bars and spitting. He's my. He's in my top three, but he's my number six overall. Number five, KRS One.
0: Yeah.
1: Like you said, KRS One can give you songs. He can rock the party. He can freestyle. He can tear you out the frame battling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. He's got the total package. So he would be my number five. Number four, Notorious B.I.G. Mm. And the only reason he didn't make my top three was because of what you said, just them albums. But those two albums, B.I.G., when everybody was talking about gin and juice and all of that West Coast music, Biggie kind of helped bring it back over to the East Coast. Mm. I know for me personally, he reeled me in mm. because I was listening. It's a crazy Mr. world. It's a dog. You know what I mean? I was into all the West Coast music. And a lot of my older cousins was like, they wasn't really on that wave. They was on real hip-hop stuff. But I think Biggie kind of ushered it in as far as commercial tracks and as far as lyrics. Now, he's one of those guys that I'm talking about, though. If we're doing lyrics, like, I don't think he would bar you to death. Like, he no. had basic flows. You know what I mean? I think Coogee rap lyrically would be over to him. Mm. But Biggie know how to rock a crowd. And his storytelling is crazy. Yes, absolutely. His storytelling is best. crazy. One of the best. So that would be my number four. My number three would be your number one, Rakim. Everything you said. Um, I don't think there's no Nas nice and a lot of these other guys if it wasn't for Rakim. That's the true. only thing that I say would not put Rakim up in my top two, maybe even my number one is... I think that when he had the game on Smash in the 80s and he just took too long of a period to drop. Mm. Because I think he dropped like 88, 89 and then the next album didn't come out till like 98. And by the time the next album came on, it was just a whole nother wave of... Mm -hmm. But for years before that 98, 99 album came out, we always thought we was going to get a Rakim album. We always thought, we always thought... And it never really came, and by the time it really came, like, if you wasn't a real hip-hop fan, by the time that next album came out, people was already on to Nas and Tupac and Biggie and Jay-Z. So, that's what knock him to number three. Mm-hmm. Number two for me, Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. Like I said, too, like like you said, Tupac can go anywhere. He's got unlimited music. Like if I'm on a warpath, I could turn on our eyes on me. Um, I think that's very underrated double album. Mm-hmm. Very double, especially the second the second C Day. Well, you know what I mean? That joint is crazy. Um, he just had he just every lane, like you said, he touched every lane and he was a workaholic, man. Mm-hmm. He was a workaholic, so I gotta put Pac two And number one, we ain't even got debated. The king of queens <laughs> not You know what I mean? Like I said before, I don't think song for song, there is an album, especially a debut album, then. but I would say no album. Song for song that is better than Illmatic. I will mm. say there is no artist that's a better storyteller than Nas. And like I'm saying, Biggie is a dope storyteller and all of that. And um, but I think the what separates Biggie is also creative too on his storytelling. I will give him that, but I just think the lyrical aspect, I just think that Nas was always more lyrical had better bars than Biggie. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think Biggie was better at making the commercial music, the, the songs that can make you dance, right. and the songs that's going to get you number one hits and get you spins on the radio. Right. But as far as just lyrically spitting it and talking that talk, Nas, Nas is my number one. Um, if we're talking longevity, he's got 27 summers in He just won his first Grammy. It's Come true. on, That's man. True. That's, That's true. longevity, man. <laughs> and it's not like it was just like go ahead and giving the, 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 the. You can listen to King's Disease that from last start album to crazy. finish. That was a crazy album. And <laughs> he got 27 summers in, man. And he's never really compromised. You're not going to turn his album on, hear six,
0: seven songs for the radio. Mm-hmm. So, that is my guy. One of the things that knocked me down with Nas was that Kanye album. I you deal with Kanye? I, I'm you sorry. keep This was terrible. Listen, <laughs> listen to what
1: I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I mean, Let me keep it a C note with you. Everybody's still going to say Jordan is the best even though he had them years in Washington. Ooh. Like Jordan did. So Nas might have gave you one or two bad projects that you didn't like, but he still gave you many masterpieces. you got to take that into consideration, man. And that's that's my right. top 10, man. All right, and so, I pray that y'all grind him up especially
0: <laughs> about Buster Rhymes and the Like You have to be kidding me. Bring it. Bring it on. I'm ready. Alright, so speaking on your man, Nas, we're going to introduce a new segment where we grade the sample Versus the original version. Okay. So we will come out the gate with your man Nas. If I rule the world, versus Houdini's friends. Which one you taking? As far as better song or better song, your pick, what you feel?
1: Houdini is the more impactful song out of the two. But if we're talking about which one am I putting on in my playlist? Come on, man. Escobar and hell Boogie, man. <laughs>
0: Come on. Alright, so I'm gonna take Houdini too. That's an old school smash. You know, it came up and, and it just it still got Relevant. that feeling. It still got that relevance. Next one. Mace feels so good versus cool in the gang Hollywood swing. What you
1: know about going relaxing? <laughs> I'm going mace, man. I was just thinking, man, um if I'm on cabaret,
0: old school vibe, i probably go the other way, but I'm going Mace. That was a hard one for me. Um, I ended up going with Cool in the Gang just because that song rocks to this day. And it's I don't know how old it is, like 40 years old or something like that. But they really, they laid the groundwork for uh, party rap and party hip hop with that song. So next one, Puffy. Puff Daddy, P Diddy, whatever you call it. Okay. Can't nobody hold me down versus Grandmaster Flash the Message. Grandmaster the message. I'ma agree with you there. And, and I don't think it, you know, real competition. Right. Here's the next one. Jay-Z, Izzo, versus the Jackson 5. I want you back. Jackson 5. Mmm. Y'all about to hate me with this one. Wow. I'm taking Izzo. Yes, I know my mother's gonna probably call me and cuss me out. Whatever. Whoa, are you talking about H to, to the, the Izzo, V to the IZA, yes. Okay. I'ma tell you why. And it's not it's not even about the Izzo song. Right him up, please, y'all. I God. want you back is a average to below average song if they're not singing it live. It is not a song that I'm gonna put on any playlist or I'm not gonna wanna hear it. Oh, I need to hear I want you back. It's never gonna happen. So to me. That's a eh song. Izzo, I got down with Izzo when it came out, so I'ma gonna, I'm gonna say Izzo for me. Grind him up, you yeah. <laughs> He is true. <trippy. laughs> Alright, next one. Notorious B.I.G. Big Papa versus the Osley Brothers Between the Sheets. The Osley Brothers. Mmm. Now, I love Between the Sheets. I love it but I can't play it on a regular basis. So I, I got to go Big Papa. The only time I'm playing between the sheets is when I'm trying to get between the sheets. Big Papa, that genre, that song hit so hard when it came out, and it was so smooth. They would play it in a club, and it's a slow song. You dig know what I'm saying? So I got to go Big Papa. Mm-hmm. You tripping today. He <laughs> lost his mind. You know. <laughs> last, but not, last but not least, Kanye West, Gold Digger, versus Ray Charles, I Got a Woman. Duh, Ray Charles (laughs) Cats about to be mad at me again That Gold Digger song is my job It is, I love I Got One I love it, but it's not one of Ray's best songs Yeah, but what I'm saying is It's like Ace of the Izzo and the Kanye
1: song Is not like classic music No, like Gold
0: Digger, man Gold Digger is like I think that song's underrated we you know how many people probably
1: spit their coffee out when they just heard you <laughs> say that. <it.
0: laughs> hey, look, I'm going to keep it a C-note with y'all always. I love Gold Digger. That's a good song. That's great song. <laughs> So, bro, let's talk a little bit of the fight game real quick. All it's right. a fight that we hoping that everybody sign. Hopefully sometime in June or July or something like that, they get in the ring. Errol Spence Jr., Versus Terrence Bud Crawford. Mm. Who you got, play?
1: I like Bud, man. I love Bud, but I got Earl Spence Jr. I just think he on another level, man. Um, he can box. He can brawl. He can knock you out by punching you to the body. Like, he is just... On the body tip, just working the body, like I think he might be the best in the game right, right mm-hmm. now under probably Saul Canelo Alvarez, you know what I mean? But Earl Spence, man, he'll play a tune on your ribs and he'll put you down well off of it, man. I like Bud, but I notice a lot of times when I see highlights after Bud to knock somebody out, it's like that a lot of his stuff is more wild. It's not more fluid. Like, Errol, Errol is just more, like, fluid with it. And he's more, he's going to stay within his plan. It seems like sometimes, like, Bud, like, when you see replays, and he's like, oh, my God, he knocked him out. But if he would have missed, mm, if he would have missed, and that's thats the thing that scares me when he's fighting Errol Spence. So that's why I'm taking Spence.
0: All right, well, I'm going to take Bud. I feel like Bud is a more complete boxer. Bud can punch, Bud can, can box, he can switch stances, good defense. I feel like, like you said, if Bud doesn't get wild, I don't think Errol Spence has a chance. I honestly think if Errol, if, if Bud comes in to just box, I'm not coming in to knock this dude out. I'm not coming in trying to show my muscle and I'm just going to show you how I box. I think he beats Errol Spence by a wide margin. But that's a big if, though. When have you ever
1: dead. seen him not... When, when has Bud not been wild? Like, he throws... He's known for throwing wild punches.
0: The reason why Bud... I feel like Bud gets wild is because he knows the guy in front of him can't compete. I feel like when you go up against somebody that you know has a shot of knocking you the hell out, it makes you be less forceful of the knockout, it makes you be more patient. Well, at least it should, or else you're probably gonna take a L. But I feel like if he comes into this fight knowing, yeah, Errol's got he's got hands. So if I box this dude by round six, I will be ahead. I'll start pulling ahead, and by the end of the fight, I think Bud wins it. Less That's a wide mark. That's
1: why I say Saul Canelo Alvarez is so great. Oh no, and this is why because. When you get a habit, especially in boxing, you just don't break that habit. I don't care if you've been training six, seven months. You don't break that habit. So what I mean by that is being wild is part of Bud's boxing. That's what he does. He takes chances. He's not going to say, okay, because I'm fighting Spence, I'm not going to be wild. That's not going to happen. Bud is going to fight his same fight. And that's what makes me worried about the fight. I don't think Bud can, if you fought this way all your life, I don't think you can train six months and then just change that. Because at the end of the day, when stuff don't start going your way on this new training
0: technique, you're going to resort to old habits. This is true. This is true. But we've also seen Errol Spence have some trouble against complete boxers. So who did he? Have? I haven't seen Earl Spencer have trouble against nobody.
1: Oh, right.
0: who's the the last fight he didn't? He went the distance with. Um, what's, what's the dude? But most out of of, Texas? Most
1: of the times when he's going, when he's going the distance with them, that's because he's toying with these guys. <laughs> if you look at it, every fight that he's going the distance, he's beat the break. It? it hasn't just because it went the distance
0: doesn't mean it was a close fight. It just mean he might have been
1: just trying to sharpen up a little
0: bit. But see, I don't think he, I don't think he's carrying that same killer instinct with him to the top guys. He was laying out everybody. Everybody. Like you come in a fight with Earl Spencer, you already know what's happening. It's a KO inside of six rounds. When he started getting with them top dudes that actually had some seasons, some former champs and all that kind of stuff, it was a tough fight for him. Like like Danny Garcia. Danny. Like, Garcia. Listen, we 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 Philly boys to the heart. Danny, you needed a new trainer about eight years ago. You get what I'm saying? Had you had a, a, a different trainer to give you some real, no, no disrespect to Andrew, we love what you did, but there are guys out there that could have taken Danny to being the top guy for behind behind I, Floyd for a minute.
1: Listen, I love Danny, especially because he's from Philly, but I'm going to keep it a scene over with you. Danny shouldn't even have been in that ring with Spence. Mm. He did not deserve to be in a ring with Spence. And that's one of them fights that I think Spence was just...
0: That was a tune-up fight. Spence just coming back. Spence was just toying with him. He it, it, it really was. And that's and I think that's a, a, a discredit to Danny. More so than it is a credit to Spence. Because I feel like Danny comes into a fight. And he starts the first round with a different game plan. Then he goes right back to the same things that he did that gets him beat. Bro, same all the same thing I'm telling you Bud yeah. is going to do. So, I feel like Bud's a more polished boxer and, and has better training than Danny, trainer, excuse me, than Danny. So, I feel like Bud has the advantage over Earl Spence. So, my prediction, Bud Crawford beats Earl Spence by a wide margin, like a 117 to 113, 118, 112, something, something like that. And I, I'm going to
1: say. Um, Errol Spence wins probably a little bit closer than that, just on the strength of his name. But I think if they were to fight, I think really, I don't, I don't want to say dominate, but I, I think he would kind of, sort of dominate. But mm. I think he's just a little bit more patient, mm. and Bud is gonna get over
0: anxious, and that's gonna cost him. Y'all need to sign the contract. We trying to see that fight. Ain't no doubt. All right, so. I got this shirt on for a reason. I got the rep, you know. Because we were talking about the 2016 draft and my man right here, Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So, if you had to redo the 2016 draft, let's hear your draft order. All right, so we only doing the seven,
1: right? Yeah, top seven. All right, so at seven, I would probably take Buddy Hill. hmm Buddy Hill is the best shooter still out of that draft. Mm-hmm. He, don't play, he don't play defense like that, but um he's getting better and he's helping the Kings get better, so he would be seven. <laughs> Number six, I think, would be uh DeMontis Sabonis from mm-hmm. the Pacers. I think he's uh he's out of all of these guys, he's probably the best role player. mm you don't have to run no plays with him. You can run pick and roll, pick and pop every once in a while. But other than that, he's old school. He'll get his off the boards. So And he can pass and he can shoot a little bit. So he would be my number six. My number five would be Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. I think since Pascal's coming to the league, we've seen the growth in him. He, he's grown. I think what may have stunted his growth a little bit was he's always had a a, a ball dominant player there. So what I mean is he started off with DeRozan. Then he had Kawhi Leonard. Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry are now ball dominant. So, But he's also an, another good role player. And like I said, he still can improve. So he would be my number five. My number four is where you probably get mad at me at because it's your guy on your shirt. Ooh, wait. If I could redo the 2016 NBA draft, Ben Simmons would be my number four pick. Um, He's great athletically, plays great defense, but I feel as though that's it. Mm. I feel as though that's it. Mm. I feel as though the passing thing gets blown out of proportion. The dude is 6'10", 6'11". He's supposed to be able to see over... Over the over the defense, he's 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 matched up against dudes that's like six three. You mm. know what I mean? He's bigger. I give him credit because he can handle the ball and he's athletic. But I don't think he. he I can't build a team around him. I don't think Ooh. I would if I'm building a team around Ben Simmons. I feel as though I need too much. Mm. That's just I gotta keep it a C secret. Number three, B. I. Brandon Ingram. Mm. I think Brandon Ingram is a great scorer. I think Brandon Ingram got s- caught up in being drafted by LA when they was just discombobulated. They didn't know if mm-hmm. they wanted Russell. They didn't want to know if Ingram, mm-hmm. Lonzo. They didn't Randall. Who they had too many young pieces mm-hmm. and didn't know who they wanted to focus around, which I think held him back a little bit. Mm-hmm. If he and then. Yeah, guy, LeBron James came over here, came to L.A., and he basically put Brandon Ingram on the trading block from day one. You know what I mean? LeBron is a great GM. But He put Brandon Ingram on the trading block, and he had to play through that. So now I think he's just getting, like, he on the team. He know he don't have to be the man. He know, at worst case, I'm the second option. If he would have been drafted by New Orleans, and then they got Zion and all that, I think – he would be way better right now. Number two, my man out of Denver, he just got hurt, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, I feel as though suffers from what Pascal Siakam suffers from. If it wasn't for the Joker, I think Jamal Murray would get mentioned like Dame Lillard mm-hmm. and Steph Curry. I think he would be an elite point guard if he had his own team. I really don't like that Denver runs their offense through the seven-footer. It kind of takes away from Jamal Murray. But he can he can shoot, he can play point guard. Um not so great on the defense, but you can work on that. But he would be my number two. My number one guy would be Jalen Brown. Just on the strength from 2016, he averaged six. Point six points a game in 17 minutes. Today he averages double the minutes, 34 mm-hmm. minutes, and he averages 24.3 points. All that while he had to share the ball with Kyrie Irving, when he had to share the ball with
0: uh, uh, uh Kimba Walker.
1: Yeah. Walker, Jason Tatum. I'm trying to think if Isaiah was over there when he first got over there, Isaiah uh, Thomas, or But he's had to share the ball with a lot of guys. And for him to still elevate his game, and his game is still growing. Jump, he couldn't shoot at all when he came in the league. He has a reliable jumper. And the most important thing is he has heart. He's not scared to stick to the best defender. He's not scared to take the shot. He's not scared to go at whoever's sticking. Mm. And I think right there, out of all of that, you can't buy heart. And he has the most heart.
0: That's my number one guy. If we redo the draft, oh, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my seven. Here we go. Number seven, Brandon Ingram. Um, oh, yeah. Like you said, the start of his career was just not number two draft pick worthy, and it's not his fault. He went into a situation where he could not be what he needs to be. He's becoming that now that he's in New Orleans this year. Him and Zion to tear and shit up. But I feel like. He's still got a little ways to go, but he's developing. Right. He doesn't play the defense that the the other guys on on the top seven do, but he's learning to become the player he should be. So he's number seven. Number six for me, Buddy Hill. One of the best three-point shooters in the game. He was not that when he came to leave. He was an okay shooter. But now he is a dead eye. If you leave me alone, I'm knocking this down three point shooter. Sacramento is a terrible team. I mean, they're not a good team now, but they don't win many games without Buddy Hill on that team. Number five. No. Nah. No. Number four. Number six. Number six. Number six. What I number six was Buddy. No. Number seven was Buddy. No. Seven was Ingram. Six was Buddy. Number five. Your boy J. Hey, Ingram. Yeah yeah, Jay. yeah. 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 Your boy, huh? Jalen Brown. You got him at what? Five. Number five. Wow. Number five. Yeah, I got him at number five. I feel like the fact that he has to share the star role with Jason Tatum and Kimball Walker hurts him. Yeah, he's a good player, but he's not your franchise. And to be a top pick, you've got to be a franchise player. you got to be a franchise. Right above him, number four. DeMontis Sabonis. You can't teach seven foot. He's left handed, can handle it, can knock down the three. He needs to work on his defense a little more, but I feel like you can build around DeMontis. I feel like you can put him in your centerpiece and get him some guards, make some shooters and everything like that. And then you, you can build him. I think he needs to be. I think he's a good role player. I don't think you can build a team around him personally. No, you don't think so? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. The is number three. My number seven. I skipped my number seven. Your boy, Pascal Siakam. I give Pascal props at number seven because he's not great. Right. He's a really good player. But when he came in the league, he was not a good player. He was a run-around run energy type dude. And he decided that I'm going to get better. So that's where it, so he's G- seven. Ingram is six, Buddy's five, Jalen's four, DeMontis is three, and here comes number two. Now, listen, I'm a homer, but I got to keep it honest with you. My man Ben Simmons would be number two because he hasn't developed the jump shot that everybody wants him to develop. But he does so many things on the court to make up for it. He runs the point. He directs the offense. He is the only person on that team that can get the ball consistently to Embiid in places he needs to be. He's going to lock up your top player, no matter who it is. One through five. He can guard one through five, and it's not going to be a good night for them. That sounds like a good role player to me. Well, he's a number two pick. Well, here's my thing. The proven, the proven worth of him as we speak I think they just won uh, as we're taping this, but they had lost four games straight without him. And not all of these teams we played were were top-notch teams. So that shows you his importance to that team. Because without Ben, I don't feel like Embiid is going to be as great as he is because Ben knows how to play off of Embiid. And that's crazy because I feel the opposite. I feel as though Ben Simmons takes away from Embiid. Oh man, no, I feel like and, and it's I feel like it's proven itself this year the most where you're able to see when Joe is struggling, Ben will go and he'll run to the basket, he'll go to the hole a bunch of times, and he's improving his free throw shooting. It ain't there yet, but he'll get it. That's more important to me than getting a jump shot from Ben Simmons. I feel like if he can hit free throws, he won't be afraid to handle the ball in the fourth quarter or go to the rack and have to knock down plus free throws. It's a big F. It's a big F. My number one, and like you said, man, it sucks that he got injured, but Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is one of the select few guys that I would say, I know Brown wouldn't call him this, but I'd say he's a killer in the league. His problem, and this may sound stupid, but I'm going to keep it a C-note with y'all, is the fact that he plays with the Joker. The fact that Denver feels like they should run their offense through through the the Joker Joker, rather than Jamal Murray that is a big mistake. He is your best scorer. Yes, the Joker can do he can do playmaking play things and all like that, but guess what? In the playoffs, that will hurt you. Yep. Because if he is out by the three-point line, and everybody else is trying to scramble, it's not going to get it done. I feel like they had a chance at the chip after they made all their moves if Jamal Murray was the focus. If he was on his own team, like you said, if he stood, if he was on his own team, Jamal Murray would be Considered a top five, top maybe so, top three point guard in the league. I give me five. You give me five. I, yeah, I, I, I like because we got to think of the potential of what he could actually be. Yeah, he, if he was on his own, you yeah, get he, what I'm saying. Last year in the playoffs, though, he that was that so, top three in, and that's what I feel like. That team that that the way he they ran that team last year in the playoffs during that that, that what was it, the Western Conference Finals. All through that. All through that. All and when they took out that. Utah, right? and yeah, they came back. That was because of Jamal Yeah. Game winners. 40-point games. 50-point games. Whatever he needed to do, he did it. And I feel like if he had his own team and they built it around him, or even if they lessened the role of the Joker, they would be a much better team than they are. That's a fact. I can't deny that. Yeah. Now, you been talked about my boy. So I got to ask you. Is Ben Simmons overhyped or no cap? Is that really, really?
1: Ben Simmons is overhyped. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. How long have you been watching Ben Simmons play basketball? Since he was in 10th grade. And from 10th grade to now, what has changed in
0: Ben Simmons' game? Court vision. Better court vision. Defense. His defense is a lot better. He's a lot better defensively. Well, what if I would say
1: that I don't think he has better court vision. What I think is he was way better in high school than everybody else. So he didn't have to pass as much. Mm. You know what I mean? So, but everybody knew just because of his size and his athleticism, you know what I mean? It's not hard for him to see over the defense. That's true. But I mean, he couldn't shoot... He couldn't shoot in college. He couldn't shoot in high school. He can't shoot now. He didn't have heart in, especially in college. I would say college, because I seen him to me in college, he didn't look number one worthy. Mm. Now a lot of people say he didn't want to be there, so I don't hold college against him. But his game has not changed. He's playing against people this. Strong, strong like he is now, his hype fast like he is, and all of that. So, he has to pass the ball a little bit more because he can't get to the rim every time. Mm-hmm. And he's already seeing over the defense, but nothing has changed from 10th grade to now in Ben Simmons' game. Wow, let me like, like, like I did the numbers for Jalen Brown. Um, I got a number for Ben Simmons, his rookie season, he was averaging. 16.9 points a game, right? And that was the 18-19 the season. He was playing 33 minutes. Today, he averages 33 minutes, and he's down to 15 points a game. His highest scoring average, no, pardon me, 2018-19 was his highest scoring average, 16.9. Rookie season, he was at... Uh, 15.8, but since the 2018-2019 season, the numbers have declined. Same shot attempts, same minutes. He has, his game has, he, he doesn't, forget that he doesn't have a jump shot and he doesn't shoot the jumper in games, and he doesn't have a heart. Ooh. He has no heart. He's scared to touch the ball at the end of the game. He doesn't want to get fouled. He don't want to go to the free throw line. He don't want to shoot jumpers. So at the end of the game, all that stuff that you say he does is null and void because you really can't put him on the court. Damn. I got to keep it a C-note with you. The guy is
0: overhyped. Ooh. I'm. That's it? That's it? What do you say? I, I
1: got nothing. I, I, you, he, he, I think he's no cat. I think
0: Ben Simmons is no cap. I feel like. Are you speaking as a Sixers fan? I'm ben, speaking as a best. fan. Let's keep fan. it a C-note for,
1: for a minute. Right. Yeah. Let's just say since we just did the recap, let's say 2016 draft, Mm -hmm. the Sixers drafted Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons, that same Ben Simmons you've seen from the 10th grade to now was playing on Boston team, putting up these same numbers. You would still say that the guy is is number two on that list. Yeah,
0: I'll tell you why. If he was on those Boston teams, he had one of these. He had one of these. How those Boston that? teams were stacked, and they were well coached. Brad Stevens would have made sure. Because now I got a point guard that don't want to score no more. All he want to do is defend and distribute the rock. So now I'm gonna give it to Tatum. I'm gonna give it to Brown. I'm gonna give it that. But Iowa Brown ain't
1: going. Brown ain't gonna be there.
0: Well, right. I mean, not not but I mean you give it to you give it to you give it to Marcus Smart. I give it to my wing players. I give it to Gordon Hayward. I get these dudes in a spot where they need to just knock down a shot, go to the rack, do what you gotta do. And all them guys that you named besides for Tatum, the who who did you name? Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart,
1: Smart Horford. Smart, Horford. I mean, especially Gordon Hayward off the injury. All these guys is just role players. Ben Simmons would have been another role player on (laughs) that
0: team. Is basically what you're telling me. I feel like if you're looking at Ben Simmons as a scorer, then you would say he's all right. But he's not a scorer. That's not his role. That's not his game at all. But my thing is, as a number
1: one pick in the NBA draft, right, you're supposed to be a changing a franchise's situation. I think with Ben Simmons, the way he handicapped, you can't shoot free throws, can't shoot jumpers, won't shoot jumpers, doesn't have heart. Mm. I think when you draft him number one, if you're building a team, you need too many pieces that you got to put in place with him. Mm. Because now you don't really need a 3 and D player. He's basically a 3 and D player Without the three, <laughs> but with the better passing. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So now you don't got a three, D. Now you need spot-up shooters. And, like, you need a lot more scoring. <laughs> with, I'm keeping the c with you. you killing me. I'm going to keep the c <laughs> with you. But, look, this is the interesting, interesting thing, people, right? Because when, when my co-host walked into the building today and I seen his shirt I knew I was going to get him. <laughs> I knew it was only a matter of time before I get him. Because, look, I, I want you to get closer to the camera. I want everybody look at his shirt. Look at Ben Simmons 3. You see, that's the only thing that's red on his shirt. Even NBA Jam is not around anymore. But they even know if we put Ben Simmons on the game, the guy can't shoot. <laughs> even NBA, look. Who would make a shirt like that? Look how <laughs> red it is. <laughs> Look at that joke. You got to be kidding me,
0: man. You know what? Oh, you got on to man. On that one, we going to end this way. He going to stop killing my man Ben. Listen, Brown, he, he do it again, man. He's killing us with it. With... I got to keep it. <sighs> man, See I feel know. like we got to drop funk flex bombs. I said it before, but every time, he just... Blowing my mind. Hey, listen, man. I can only keep the scene with you, man.
1: And I know Philly fans is going to be upset with me.
0: Oh, my God. But Ben Simmons is overhyped. Thank (laughs) y'all for tuning in. Keep tuning in. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our platform is all over streaming. Yep. Thank y'all for following. Keep commenting. Yeah. Keep yep. keeping it a C note with us, and make sure you tell everybody. Tell everybody. You know what I mean, my man Brown, you did it again.
1: Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he should have never wore that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his mind. I said, as soon as he walked in the door, I said, "Oh, I'm gonna get him." I seen the red from all the way across the room. I said, <laughs> "Oh, I'm gonna get him." <laughs>
0: See y'all next week, man. <laughs> <out of> <laughs>